Welcome to episode 108 of the Fitness Devil Podcast. We've got Mike Dole on today. We actually had to pull him in last minute. Our guest couldn't make it, just a last minute emergency. So we winged this one. So this is a little bit more off the cuff than usual. And it's a lot of talk about kind of two things. A lot of brilliant business strategy for personal trainers, for sure. And then there's a lot of really practical nutrition psychology takeaways for the end user, the enthusiast to want to make their their own personal nutrition better. And of course, coaches can take that stuff and use it to work with their clients. So stay tuned. Shut up and sit down. Hey everyone, welcome back to the uh, <laughs> to the podcast, to this episode. Um, we had to shoestring a guest today because we had someone lined up, but something came up last minute, so we're just going to let it roll. We're a little off script, but uh, Mike Dolo was actually amazing, and he was able to drop, jump away from what he was doing to drop in with us. So we've had Mike on the podcast before. He's the founder, co-owner of Stronger You, and an influential figure in the fitness industry, so, oh, it's true. We're going to talk a bit about that, so welcome back, Mike. Uh, what's up guys? I just need to correct you really quick. Uh, I'm 100% owner of stronger you and Alessi works for me. So (laughs) no, just kidding. Just kidding. I love Alessi. He's the man. Uh, I'm just, I'm just messing with you guys, but yeah. When did that happen? (laughs) No, 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 no. That was a joke I was going to make. I was going to be like, Andrew fucked it up. Like basically (laughs) anyone knows that like I work with stronger you as well is that we like to like really make fun of each other and make each other feel bad on the surface, but we all love each other. But like, unless he's an easy target, um, Eric, who's been on the podcast, he's an easy target. Just like make them feel as bad as possible. Yeah. So it can always be better. <laughs> yeah, man. We have such a good time. It's so funny because if you're not familiar with the way we work, people are like, oh my God, do they hate each other? And it couldn't be further from the truth. I love everyone on the team. I love our community. It's just... Uh, it's just fun to have a good time at work. So, and you and you blew it up somehow. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. It all kind of happened by accident. Just wanted to help a couple people eat better, and uh, turns out we have lots of jobs here and a few thousand members, and I'm loving every second of it. I'm actually uh, recording on a park bench in California right now, like Forrest Gump. That was beautiful. We actually had yeah. a Brian Crod on that episode <laughs> telling the story about him being drunk on a park bench. There's, there's a, a story to it for sure. And we use that as his graphic for anyone who's familiar with how we put these graphics. This will be four scumps. No, we can't. Four scumps sitting on the bench. We've already done that with Brian. No, but uh, oh, fuck, man. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's the point of this. Anyway, but you got me thinking there just about like what you guys have blown up into. And so this month is actually my nine month anniversary of starting as a trainer in the industry. And I kind of fell into trainer. it. Solo trainer. What? Nine months or nine years? Nine years. Did I say nine months? Yeah. Nine years. Nine years. <laughs> Dude, I was about to say, I thought you've been around for a while. You're like uh, 62, right? No. <laughs> yeah, well, two, two thirds of that, actually. <laughs> um, no, yeah, sorry. Nine years in the industry. And really quickly, I'm actually probably going to post up something about this very, very soon. But I didn't jump in as a 20 year old going, oh, I'm passionate about fitness. If anything, I was just dicking around with other stuff. Uh, my original formal education degree is in business rather than, you know, a Bachelor of Kinesiology or Exercise Science. And I kept getting bothered off the gym floor by trainers and, and managers. This place I was working out in, I was in the middle of a job change anyway. So after six months of saying no to them, I said, all right, fine, fuck it, I'll give it a shot. And I remember being totally overwhelmed going, how the fuck am I going to do this? 
it kind of turned out okay. I got busy really fast and it took on a crazy life of its own. And you know, anyone who listens to this podcast kind of knows all the shit that I'm involved in now. But you know, you guys starting out with Stronger You, how, like, could you have ever imagined it would be where it is right now? And kind of what was going through your heads when you first started it? No, man, it's um, it's weird, and I think maybe that's why it all kind of worked out. I never really had the plan. Uh, I joke, but it, it literally did start with me just uh, seeing like a, a big opportunity in the nutrition world and, and in people because no one really knew how to eat. Uh, we all know the things we're supposed to be eating, right? Like lean meats, vegetables, all that bullshit, but nobody actually does it. Nobody really sets themselves up for success. And I was like, shit, man, I, I think I can make something happen here. Uh, helped a couple people. They told other people and it just kind of it just rolled, man. And I just tried to do things the right way every step of the way. Um, I try to run the business with, uh, you know, a good um, core values and, and sense of ethics that I just think lack in business, uh, especially in this industry. Um, but yeah, I never expected any of this. I thought I would have a job I didn't really like most of my life. And I would just maybe help a couple people on the side, but things changed and, and we're we're kind of here now and I'm loving it. So the one weird thing, and like we kind of laugh about this and I think we just talked about this on Facebook recently was that, and we'll go with the, the theme of weird, but you basically did things like it grew and the company grew and grew and grew. And like, I would say, and you can agree or disagree, but you guys suck at marketing in terms of just like what the classic model of, <laughs> of like, Hey, what's strong are you? And everyone's like, what is strong are you? And like, actually it's huge. And it blew up like, what? I've never seen it. But the people who know, know, and it's a huge net. Like, how did you do that? Because, like, it is a word of mouth play, but, like, that's all. It's like when you select the options, like, what options can I do? How do I hear about it? It's like word of mouth, and that's it. Yeah, it's – um, I don't know. I think of it like this. Like, the, the nutrition industry, there's enough crap out there where if we're just marketing in a traditional sense, we're just adding to the noise. We don't – we didn't earn the right uh, to, to get these people's trust yet we're not going to use all these fancy words to try to like get them into our network. Rather, we just give people a really good product, a really great experience and let them basically be our, uh, our soldiers in the field who are telling the world about us. And it really is like, it, it just feels better. Like I don't, I don't have to manipulate anybody. I don't have to like try to think of uh, another tricky marketing tactic that is so prevalent in this field and others. It's, I don't know, man. It's to me, it was like common sense. Yeah. How many coaches are you up to now? I mean, shit, geez, I feel uh, like 10 or so of my friends working for you already. Well, like, yeah. You know, I, I believe there's 69 and I think 75 total staff members. Which is like vastly different from when we talked to you in Alessi. I want to say like it has to been like a year. About a year ago, I think. Like yeah, it was probably like forty something, maybe fifty at that time. I'm not too sure. That's fucking nuts, man. <laughs> yeah, I, that, and to be honest, man, like I don't want to get all like corny, but my favorite thing is helping really great coaches and people in general find their place. And it's so damn hard to make it in this business. I see so many people struggle. I love helping people. And if we can provide that infrastructure and that little ecosystem for them to make a good living helping people and working wherever they want, dude, that's like the coolest thing for me. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. And like, it, it's funny because if anyone knows Mike or has him on Instagram, go follow him. He is not at 10,000. Are you at 10,000 followers yet? No, I have like 6,700. Yeah. I got my eye on that 10,000 so I could post some links, but You're not like there the yet. Worst, worst business owner ever. Like you can't get 10,000 followers. <laughs> yeah. You'll do these crazy, not crazy stories, but you, like, you get a lot of traction on your Q and A's. And I like to look at it every once in a while, just cause like you kind of make, fun cat jokes and like you call people oh, it's funny. I have so much fun. There's, I get messages all the time. Like people are like, how, why do you post that? You're a business owner. How can you share things like that? How can you do this? I'm like, there's no rules to this shit. There is, there are zero rules in business. You don't have to run your business. Like the dudes in the suits, you don't have to run your business. Like the guy at the garage, you could do whatever the hell you want and whatever works is what you should keep doing. Well, and you should be, you know, you should be genuine and be who you are. And that's just going to, it's just going to make sense. Well, and that's what, what I kind of wanted to bring that up is like, and we talk about changing people's lives and like everyone says, oh, they want to help people. But like, you're talking in the sense of like, you're basically giving people careers or like second chances. And there's a lot of stories of coaches in, well, some of the coaches that we all know is that like, that was their last straw. Like Stronger You was their, their like last calling to kind of make this thing work. But you also get like a lot of questions. Like, I don't want like, to make, make this like an ad for like, how do you work for Stronger You? But like every single time you get, how do I work for Stronger You? Because like, it's like no one, no one knows. I know. But it's, it's everyone sees that it is life changing. So it's not one of those weird things on Instagram where like the influencers say you could change your life. Like they kind of just figure it out through the cracks. Like how do you deal with that? Because I know that is hard because now that it's seeing success and everyone's seeing this ideal life as a coach like how do you deal with that because i know it is a little off-putting it, it's very it's very difficult because I, I i sit here and i say i can i can make a call and i could change someone's career mm-hmm. and get them here and have them work in in an industry they really want to work in and i have to choose not to do that for the for the betterment of the business the community the future of everything and it sucks in, in my position sometimes because I'm like, crap, like I like this person. They're awesome, but it's just not a right fit or it's just not the right fit right now. And that kind of sucks knowing that we have this opportunity to help them and we, we just can't right now. Well, I think that comes back to principles too, because like as much <laughs> as like you can do it, like you said, there's a bigger picture here and it's not like, it's not like you're running a mom, mom and pop shop anymore. No. Yeah, I want to make the I want to create the best nutrition solution on the planet. Our potential clients, future clients, current clients, whatever, they need and they deserve the best coaches in the world and that's what I want to give them. You're not under <clears throat> any obligation to just take anyone under your wing uh, just because they want to work for you either. And that's the way the business works. Yeah, you don't just sign up to be a coach. Like it is it's it's not an easy job to get. Um, there are probably a thousand emails for people that want these jobs, and it's extremely flattering. I I can't believe that. Like I can't believe this thing that we created is like people actually want to be here. It's it's very interesting to me. Well, let's let's look at this just because I mean, some of our listeners may very well be interested in this sort of thing, the grand scheme of things. Where have you pulled the most of your coaches from? I remember you we were talking off air before this. And all the coaches are former clients, but in terms of the professional network, where are, where are a lot of the people that you've decided, hey, um, I, I know this person now, I know their character, 
I feel like they'd be a good fit. Dude, uh, pretty much everywhere we all flock to, uh, fitness summits, uh, various seminars, uh, certain groups. I, I've met people in precision nutrition groups, uh, John Goodman's online trainer group, um, Alex Viata's uh, complete human performance group when I was training with them. Um, you know, recommendations from industry friends. So the cool thing is there is there are some amazing coaches out there that I don't even know exist yet, but I can't wait to meet them. Well, that's that that is that is interesting because like I alluded to before, there's a lot of people who are struggling to make training work. And I say training and nutrition, but a lot of a lot of our coaches start off in the fitness industry training and like we Andrew and I both know when you kind of own a gym is like that's a struggle and grind and you can be the best trainer in the world, but you're still dealing in a game that's all Instagram based, Facebook based. And there's a lot of stuff that's kind of evolving and it doesn't allow for necessarily the best technician to thrive in this industry. And you kind of get a lot of those people a lot of the times that are kind of on those, their last legs. How did, what do you feel about that? Because there is a larger picture to like, can I add to that too? Yeah. <clears throat> Cause that's a perception. I'll, I'll frame it differently. I notice that a lot of your coaches, we've, we've got some really impressive people, but I think they're people who are, they, they thrive in actually helping people and they may not necessarily want to or be strong at their personal marketing brand. If you've got a Derek Stanley who's just, his Instagram is fantastic, or Jeb who is well respected in the industry. Uh, Robbie Farlow is actually Are you facing? Oh man, that sounds like um, the aliens. Like Sorry, signs, there's signs. there's somebody riding a motorcycle behind me. Okay, he's gone. Cool. It sounds. Like <laughs> I'm vaping, sorry, guys. Like literally, I didn't think you were a vapor. But anyway, so <laughs> you were vaping. I, would be so, I swear to God, it's not like you was vaping. I would no, I would no, no. Really, fucking wait. End this call right now. Yeah, I don't mess with that crap. <laughs> but anyway, so kind of back to what I was saying is, I feel like some of those people have just decided that they don't want to keep working at the self promotion because that's where I am and. It gets tiring, but you know, all my clientele come from either stuff I put on social media or referrals. And you're you have to stay on top of that constantly. And I think that what your model does is it allows the coaches to actually just focus on coaching their clients. They don't have to worry about generating their own clients anymore. Right. That's kind of what I want to do for them. I want to create the business side of this where the members just keep coming. There there's no shortage of people out there. We just have to find them and show them that we can help them. And that's like, you know, so many coaches are like, I want to be entrepreneur. No, no, you don't. You don't want to do that. You're not, you know, you don't know the things that it takes until you get in there. You are literally everything when you're on your own. When you're with Stronger You, like, we will worry about that bullshit. Let us handle that. You can do what you're best at, what you can really focus on. And that's what's, I think, pretty cool. Well, that's We've talked about that before, like, and just with people in, in our circle is that, everyone kind of sees you, sees your success. They see your, like the one nice car you bought probably in your whole fucking life. And they're like, man, this guy's fucking killing it. <laughs> but, no. but, but they want that. And like we talked about, like, I don't know if they do because if they knew the amount of shit you do and shit, I mean, <laughs> the things you do on a day-to-day basis, would they be willing to do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's willing, it's capable. It's, it's like, man, every, you know, people see, they're like, oh, you're traveling, must be nice. Yeah, it is It is nice, but I'm also, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, I am doing something relating to work, and I'm not complaining because I love it. It is like my hobby, 
And I think that's why it's working because I'm not just some dude trying to make money. I'm some dude that's trying to literally change the world through food. And that requires my full attention. There's people in my life that, you know, want to punch me in my face, my wife, when I pick up my phone, when we're on a vacation or something. But I don't know if people really understand what that is like to be tied to your job 24-7. I love it, but not everyone will. Well, I think that's a realization that you can't really understand until you do it. Like Andrew said, like he stepped away from a commercial gym. I stepped away from pretty much the same sort of situation. And the second I was on my own, it was like, fuck, like I do all this shit I don't like. And like, right. like honestly, and then, and then you learn, sorry, my dog's scratching. So then, <laughs> then you learn, it's like this whole thing isn't just being good at coaching. Like, like when, when was that point for you? Cause at some point you have to step away and you're like, fuck, I can't coach 24 seven, which is why you got into it. Where was that change for you? Yeah, it was when I quit my job. Um, I was 13 months into this thing with while having a full-time job. And I was like, all right, it's time to go. And a month after I quit my job, we were still growing rapidly. And I was like, oh, crap. So I hired three more coaches. And then I was like, okay, now I'm coach. And I think now I have a business. Because when you're a coach, <laughs> like you don't have a business. You're just a person that accepts payments and coaches you people. Yeah, you own a job. Yeah, a, yeah you, I, right. You own a job. Like, I can't go on vacation and step away from my work and have it continue to generate revenue. So, and I like, right. it goes back to what Dean was saying about, you know, he doesn't like stepping out and dealing all this crap. I actually love it. I'm more like you where like every given day I'm working on some aspect of my business. And it's, it's fun yep. to me. Right. I, I like the challenge of it. Yeah. So that's probably, I think um, that summer is when uh, I went to Costa Rica with Krista, my now wife, and Jason Falcon, who is probably the best coach this industry doesn't even know, um, he basically took over for me on the business side in terms of like accepting the payments, uh, assigning uh, our members to coaches, um, answering inquiries. And I was like, I remember sitting there and I was like, holy shit, like this is now a business. Like if I wanted to step away for a couple of days, I could and things would be okay. And that was, that was really, that was really weird. Jason, um, I actually met him just very briefly, I think, uh, the year before I met you in KC. But uh, I guess he shared something, I can't remember what the hell it was, but I had written or posted, and he shared it within your guys' Stronger You group. So Dean showed it to me, so I actually messaged him and thanked him. And he says, like, he's a really good guy. Just, like, he's getting, like you said, he's under the radar, kind of low-key, does whatever. He's not out there in the in the fitness space too much, uh, making noise. So that's pretty cool. That you got yeah. He's, like he's one of my favorite humans. <laughs> Just good dude. Debating how much I want. So, so for everyone listening, this is like on the fly podcast. We knew Mike is good for a lot of rants. Andrew's good for a lot of rants. I like to just make shit up and I'm debating how far we go into business. Cause like right now, last time we talked, I think we talked about all the bullshit going on with the, the business coaching and stuff. But this one, this one thing that I've kind of seen pop up a lot lately right now is this idea that, so last time we talked Facebook ads and all this shit was like, you have to do Facebook ads. You have to be out there. You have to have funnels. And now it's gone. The complete opposite is like, you don't need those things to be successful and all these things. Where do you see People, so like if you're a trainer on the outside looking in and you want to be an online trainer, 
where is the best place for them to invest their time? Because there's a lot of mixed answers and it changes every five months at this point. Right. So if, if you're an online trainer and you're trying to make it in this business, you need to get your ass offline. You need to stop hiding behind the computer. You need to get out there and meet real people. And that's something this industry sucks at. It's something this industry is afraid to do. And it's very ironic because we're all in a field that we, we sit there and we complain about a, a, a client that won't do what we say that will make them better all while doing the same damn thing. You're not going to sit there and post a Facebook ad or a post in a group and get a bunch of clients. If I told you I could, I could guarantee you could make another thousand bucks this month, but it required you walking into a place, introducing yourself and telling them what you do, would you be willing to do it? I bet you most of this industry wouldn't. They would quiver. They would be shy. They would not want to put themselves out there. And then I would say to them, just like they say to their clients, are you willing to do the things it takes to get what you really want? And unfortunately for many people, the answer is no. And that's the shit that I did, I think, differently. I met real people. I knew people in CrossFit. I knew people at insurance offices. I went all over the place. We didn't grow this business on the internet. We service people on the internet. We grew this business with real, true relationships. And that's what this online industry is fucking awful at. Get off the computer. Meet people. And why do you that's think, it. Well, no, and I, I agree completely. And I think that like, that's where Andrew and I have seen success. And we won't call it online, but like, just in our projects is by meeting other people and like, being a good person to meet. Um, right. But how do you go about... So why do you think that that problem is the thing that's being sold? Because essentially the problem is you can't make money. You need to do these things, whether Facebook ads, blah, blah, blah. It's like always a simple fucking answer. Why do you think that the problem is so prevalent? Like, is it, is it, is it just the trainers? Is it the mentality of the generation? Like, where does that problem come from? Because it is, I'm not going to call it laziness, but it's unwilling to do some of the stuff we're talking about. I mean, I'll call it laziness. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it is. It's people want it easy. And like, you know, I think we're all pretty much millennials, right? Like it's a kind of an epidemic that oh, a millennial wants. Me with that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm on the, I'm on the tail end, but we want more for less. Yeah. We want more money for less work. We want more clients for less effort. We think that everything happens on the internet now, but true relationships happen with real voices, real contact, real conversation. It doesn't happen through a, a Instagram ad or a Facebook ad or a meme. Like that, you're a dime a dozen. Why would I choose you? I don't know you. I can't even find something one of your clients said about you. These are the things that, that matter. And I don't, I, I don't know how to really get that through to people. But I don't think enough are willing to do the dirty work. I love that. Um, I was going to say is, I, I think I'm, I'm of a slightly older generation, actually. So, like, I was born in 78. So, I was just slightly older than where the millennial. <laughs> and I actually do believe that there is a difference in the generation I grew up in. Plus, you grew up in Nova Scotia. Different Newfoundland. Stop calling it Nova New, Scotia. Newfoundland. The, east, the far east on that island, basically. But I always had this mentality, yeah, you put your head down, you work. Um, I hate the term grind, I can't stand it, but you kind of just pay your dues and what have you. And when I first stepped in the industry, even though I stepped in the industry nine years ago, uh, I just focused on clients in front of me. And then I wrote a little bit yep. 
book and that took on a little more life, but it was really just about you service the clients in front of you. And I did that for years. I never had, a, now there's a mistake in retrospect, but I mean, I never had a website right away. I didn't have a website for years. And it but was about uh, the clients in front of you and meeting people. And of course I worked in a commercial gym setting in a different time where there was more abundance in those gym settings or less trainers around and less different options. So that part was easier, but we also didn't have the advantages of some of the social media stuff that you have access to today. And with new trainers, I see that there's you know a challenge with them starting out. Um, I think we've had people like Lee Boyce who've said this. There's lots of other people who've said similar things that you know trainers should probably spend at least a couple of years in a commercial gym. I think anyone who's trying to skip the step of working with clients at the very start and going online, I think that's a huge mistake. I think it's a lie being sold to trainers that that can even work. Um, only very rare, exceptional people will probably ever make that work for them. Right. And I think it's really important. I should just, like you said, get a, get in in front of real people. That is why my career took off the way it did, but it took years of being in front of people before I was ready to do all of the other things that have now happened. And 97, 98% of my income is still from my in-person clients. And it always has been that way. So the writing stuff is, is a drop in the bucket. The other stuff, this, this, this doesn't pay us a dime. So well, I was going to say, both of you guys are talking about like these things people need to do. And, and I'm, this isn't even the challenge it is I don't think that these new people, and we're, we're grouping a lot of people in, in one bunch, but I don't think that they come in with the intention of being lazy. I think that, you know, where do you think that perception comes from? I have my own ideas that like what's prevalent on the internet is sold this simple story. If you can do this for less, like I think that that's common sense at this point when it's wrong. Like how do you think you go about correcting that image? Because it's really hard to fight it when there's a lot of people portraying this special life that you can achieve by going online. And I think that the people coming up believe that to be true. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's their Oh yeah. Shitty. Well, it is. It's the, the loudest ones in the room are the ones we're listening to the ones that are confirming our biases, right? Like the Tim Ferriss's, the Gary V's, all these people that are like grind on the internet, work four hour weeks, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a reality for very few people. And we see those things and we're like, okay, yep, I can do that. But you don't hear about all the people that tried it and failed. Those people stay quiet. Those people just go away. I think what we need to do as an industry, an online industry, is identify the people that are doing good shit and see how they did it. But do it with you know your eyes wide open. Ask them questions. Don't just create your own story about how they did it because they're probably selling you something to convince you that you can do it too when it's probably bullshit. Well, that's just something that this, we've danced around a number of times about being told, oh, funnels, or no, that's no longer the thing, is usually the people telling you these things are selling you their formula. Yeah. As soon as you've got someone who is selling you their formula, it doesn't mean that they're invalid, and I'll use a very good example, but it means that you should approach with extra scrutiny. Let's use John Goodman as an example because we're talking about online coaches and, the, and the, the, the being sold on the promise of a, this rich life. John doesn't do that. And you're very active in his groups, uh, talking to and educating trainers. He is someone who is saying to you, listen, you can earn some extra income, right? This is something that top up on top of what you're already doing. John has never gone out there and said, hey, you know, yeah, you know, here I promise you six-figure income in a year, any of this kind of bullshit. He's a guy with integrity, and I think he's the best in the industry on 
selling the idea because he has a, a certification with the Online Trainer Academy, and I've done it, and I think it's wonderful. He is selling a service that will help coaches add something to what they're already doing. He's not selling a lie or bullshit yeah. of living life on a Costa Rican beach. I think that's the problem. So this is what, this is where I see it, and like you, you, we totally agree on this, Andrew. I know is that John's making it sound like you have to get all my shit and learn all of it, and it's going to be a little bit hard. Where like everyone else is telling you that it's not, and I just don't get how people get sucked. So we deal with nutrition clients, fitness clients, and like we tell them all that you have to do the hard thing. It's fucked up that like all these trainers fall for the same fucking thing that they're trying to tell people not to. When it's, yeah. you think that it was that easy to make money, some guy who failed a business and it's selling this funnel, and like that's gonna help you. I, I just I wonder where that comes from. Well, I'll, tell you where, I'll, I'll tell you where it comes from, right? <laughs> it's, it's the same challenge you have with all your your nutrition coaching clients. You're fighting in a world with the 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 charlatans who are making these promises of easy, fast results, which people are drawn to. People want to hear that it's fast and easy. They don't want to hear that it's hard. So who are you going to believe? The person selling the, the dream that's easy? But then, my but system, then or, you you, of, or do you buy it from the person who's saying, actually, you're going to get a little bit more of this, and it's actually going to be pretty tough. People want the easy road. And it shows up whether it's trainers trying to build their careers yep. or it's people trying to find easy weight loss solutions. Like, I'll do anything to lose a weight except – be active and and eat better, and that's it's also not a, a <coughs> condescending to people who are struggling to make changes because we all know that's really challenging shit. But mm -hmm. at least we help. I know what your business is doing is to help people work through that challenging shit instead of promising them lies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are on the fad diets of business. They yes. they want it quick. That's their cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how do you go about so like this is actually a good question for you because you've, you've been on the nutrition side and it, in, in a way you're, you've done it yourself how do you go through and, and I ask this because I think it's a problem right now and a lot of people are getting taken advantage of how do you kind of get 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 fitness coaches from point A to point B very similar to what we would do nutrition in terms of the fad diet how do you get them past the fad diets of uh, business yeah I think you need to have an, an honest conversation <laughs> I mean, it's it really comes down to connecting with them, providing these solutions, and showing them how to execute them, and then hoping they can do the things that you asked. And it's so you don't have you don't make it too hard, so it's so damn intimidating that they won't do it. Like you know, I say go knock on doors. You're not going to do that. Someone's going to kick you out of their office. But maybe you know someone that knows that person. Maybe you can take those steps. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a business coach. I, all I can really say is some of the things I've done and what I think works. But and I don't think I, – this is funny just because I know you. I don't know if you'll ever get into that space because it's been like – it's been – I don't want to say tarnished because there's a lot, a lot of people yeah. doing a lot of good things. But it's just like right now it seems like a very uphill battle that like we have – like you have other shit to worry about. Like, I'm, and I'm not here to create my competition. I'm not, I got people all the time. Hey, can, can you mentor me or do this? I'll pay you. I say, no, man, I'll just, I'll talk to you for 10 minutes, a half hour, whatever. I'll tell you what I know, but I'm not trying to sell you on my systems because my systems are a good fucking product and caring about the customer. If you don't have that, I can't give that to you. Is, is that why you show up in the online fitness, whatever the group a lot? Cause I, I know like, is that your way of like giving back? Cause there's nothing really positive from you in there. It's usually right. Like, I'm, I'm not in there trying to friggin' sell anything. I'm just like, Hey man, here's, here's like an idea. 
Like, go, go see what you can do with this. And I get pretty good uh, responses. People seem to enjoy it. I'm sure some people are like, who's this jerk? Um, but I don't know. I feel, I feel obligated. I'm always kind of of the thought that if you have something that can help someone and you choose not to use it, you're kind of a jerk. So here's some information that might help you guys. Do what you want with it. Well, that's this podcast does that. And there's so many ways. Like, I absolutely believe in abundance mindset and helping other people. I take students at uh, at my work sometimes. And I actually, it's one of the things I zeroed in on the quick chance I had to make some notes here. This is the one on the top with yes, your participation in, uh, you know, in these Facebook groups and all this effort that you're putting in with, I know it's a long game. There's no immediate payoff for you talking to a group of people who aren't even your potential customers. You're talking to a bunch of coaches in, in John Goodman's Online Trainers Unite or Precision. Precision Nutrition, all this sort of stuff, right? Instead, you're giving away a lot of information to people who ultimately could be your competition. Maybe some of them actually end up coming and work for you, but it's not like you have a problem finding coaches. So I, I know you just said that you know you feel like you have this obligation to it, but I wanted to ask even further is like why that is important to you to spend your time doing that. Man, I don't know. I just I like I like helping people with shit I know. It's it's literally the reason I started this business to try to be like, hey, I I think I have a solution to this problem. And I see it, I see it all the time. How do I get clients? How do I do this? How do I do that? It's like shit, if I know kind of how to do those things, let me just throw it out there. Because I'm not scared of competition. Like competition makes me better. I watch everybody. I know what everybody's doing. And I I use ideas that I think are good. I toss the bad ones in the trash and we get better because this industry gets better. Like, I mean, look at, look at this world. We work on the internet and we help people feel better, look better, get healthier. Every single person on this planet could benefit from our product. What the hell am I worried about this guy over here or that company over there? I'll just try to do it better. I'll try to get out in front of people and I'll try to build the best team in the world and see what happens. Well, and we kind of talked about, this kind of plays into it too, because we just talked to Pete Dupuy about this and he had that Twitter post about essentially like he's not scared of his employees learning and growing as a brand, even if they do leave or even if they do stay. What are your thoughts on that? Because I think like this plays into the same idea about giving free information. Like what are your thoughts about like your coaches like getting better as a brand and kind of possibly leaving one day. Like how do you approach that as a business owner? Cause it's, it's, I mean, it's 70 coaches at this point. Yeah. It's, it's going to happen. It has happened. I am totally okay with it because like he says, the worst thing is having someone there that doesn't want to be there or someone that's not trained well enough and can't serve your people well enough because you chose not to give them the tools to grow. So yeah, I mean, I want everyone to have a good life. That's like my personal mission is help people have a more enjoyable life. If they get that outside, do it. Like I'm all for it. I'll help you do it. Well, uh, just to tie into the quote, it's an old Alan Cosgrove quote that Pete whips around a lot. It's what if I invest in my people and they leave? And the response is, well, what if you don't and they stay? Well, I think about it right yep. now. Like, I think what you've had 
it was just announced actually had one high profile coach ever say, Hey, I'm leaving stronger you. And that's someone who was really instrumental, I think in building up the brand in the early days. But beyond that, it's like your people stay. Like, I think Robbie's is still there and Chuck. I mean, yeah. Chuck just likes to chill out and be a part of it. Right. Is Jeb going to go off and all of a sudden, don't jinx it. You don't want to delete. No, so right. I mean, I think it is a testament to a good work environment. You know, we uh, every day I'm thinking of ways to make it better. I will take money out of my fucking pocket to make them uh, have a better life. I just need it to make sense. I don't want to get reckless with anything. I'm not just going to sit there throwing out profits just just for the hell of it. People, people earn well, people do well, people grow here. Um, that's what I want to do. And, you know, we just hired a chief experience officer, fancy title, to help us provide a better experience for them and the member. And that's like something I pay very close attention to. Uh, I just visited Facebook HQ and I'm like, holy shit, I want to do all these things they do here. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not a multi-billion dollar business. All right, what can we do instead? <laughs> you know. And so, like, this is actually good as a like, because I know you kind of went to um, Mark Fisher's business thing, and you kind of you're still continuing to learn as you go. What's, mm-hmm. How do you foresee like, as the company is growing? How are you making those changes? Not with staffing, but like bringing people on board. And I'm not just talking coaches, but like as it grows in the next two, three, four, five years. Where is that going in terms of how you bring better people on the team to have that Facebook experience, we'll call it? So that to me is the hardest part is identifying, you know, what do we actually need and who that person is and and how do we find them? And it's, man, it's such a challenge because there's like, you know, every day we all wake up and we're like on the business side, we're like, oh man, we have like so much crap to do. What could, who do we need here? What are the services? What are the the products? I don't know, man. It's it makes me it makes me crazy thinking about it because I don't know it all and I don't know how to fix it all, but I'm having a good time trying to figure it out. And it's like it makes work fun. It makes it a nice challenge to think about. Uh, you know, do we need a marketing person? Do we need a, a graphic designer? Do we need a business analyst? Like, holy shit, right? How like that's the hard stuff. How fast do you want to grow? And like, that's an honest question because I know I know you're protective and you feel like the company is going to implode every week. It's like, how, how fast do you really want it to grow? Like, is that something you've thought about? Like, you're oh, just yeah. not going to shoot for the stars, but you're trying. No, I want to grow uh, at a speed that can um, adequately service our members. I don't, I don't ever want to compromise growth for service, and that's I think what we've done a pretty good job at. Uh, we have a lot of people in our ear that's like, hey, if you did this, you could get this many people. And I'm like, yeah, and then we'll serve them like shit and no one else will come. So, it's, dude, it's just like the food thing. I'm not going to eat the cookie for a short-term reward when I know the chicken salad is going to set me off or set me up better for the future. I will sit there. Yeah. I, I'll always put the people over the profits. I'm never going to just... Because I could, dude, someone's like, if you had a keto version of Stronger You, you'd kill it. Yeah, we would. And we wouldn't be able to sleep at night because we'd know we're full of shit. Because for five years, I've been talking about how that isn't a good solution. 
what, so what do I want to do? Make a million dollars and sell out? Fuck that. I'm not doing that. Mike, you could have, I can't even say this with a straight face. You could have <laughs> five coaches on the, on the keto wing of the stronger you. Maybe you could have five intermittent yeah. fasting coaches and you could have like five snake diet coaches. You could have five carnivore diet coaches. And you could charge them. Get this. Yep. Instead of charging a reasonable rate, you could put a high ticket price on it. And then you would have less clients, less shit to do, but you'd be making double the money. Yeah, it's always uh, interesting to get um, all that advice from people that aren't doing anything worth a damn. And you know, I'm uh, no, I would. I'm not selling out, man. But the reason why I bring yeah. that up because you call it selling out, but I think like we've talked to enough people, and like you've met enough people, and Andrew, I met enough people that. And I don't want to say like this is true for everyone, but a lot of the the people, a lot of the things that are being broadcast as success behind the scenes, it's it's a shit show. And most yeah. of them aren't going to tell the story that you are, where it's like, yeah, it's hard, and I have to go on Facebook and write all this shit, and I have to do all this like work. Like that's not the story that's being sold, but it, I think it's worse behind the scenes for the people that are promoting this easy success. I hate to get yeah. Them, no, yeah, I mean. And like, even with like the selling out thing, I don't think selling out is about making money. It's about making money, uh, with the, uh, thought of doing things that aren't truly who you are. And that to me is like the selling out, but, but yeah, nobody really knows what, uh, no one knows what really goes on. No one knows that difficult conversation I have to have. Nobody knows, you know, that idea I had that was stupid, that failed, that no one will ever even hear about, you know, it's. Everybody makes it look easy. This shit is not easy. Um, but if you do things like the right for the right reasons, I think it does become easier because you have guardrails. You know, that's not me. I'm not going that way. This is, this is what I want to do. This is why I need to do it and uh, call it confirmation bias. But we have uh, a lot of evidence that what we're doing is, is going the right way. So we're going to keep on focusing on the members and the staff and, the product and not really do anything that we don't want to do. I think at this point though, it's okay to be biased in your own circle because I, I would argue that a lot of what's going on isn't working. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. why there's an influx of all these quick fixes because when quick fixes come out, it's because they don't want to do the hard shit. Which is right. what we were talking about earlier. It's like, it's human nature. We're, we're wired to be drawn to, to quick and easy and, and not want to go and do the things that are... Well, that's what I mean. The confirmation bias would be to do the easy thing because that's what everyone's fucking saying to do. You know what I mean? So it's almost better to pave your own path or however you would call it. And I think a lot of these people doing this, like, you know, selling the fads and stuff, they would do what's right. Like, truly, they believe that, like, you know, tracking macros, flexible dieting, setting up strategies and things like that is the way to go. But they're not confident that they can sell that. They think people aren't, aren't willing to do that. And my whole thing is we're not selling calorie counting. We're selling how to calorie count. We're selling how to actually do the things that matter, not just the things that matter. And that's where you have to have a little faith in people that they can do these things. They are capable of these things because shit, we've seen it tens of thousands of times. People don't always want the quick fix. They want, they want like tangible results, but they're willing to work for it if you make it worth it. Well, that's so, and this is actually a good question for you because we kind of 
we've talked to, I've talked to Jeb on my podcast and Andrew and I've had tons of people on and talked about psychology and getting people there. How do you scale that quality of, I guess, coaching? Because what some people think is coaching is I'm just going to give them macros and, and talk to them. Yeah. Whatever. How do you scale the way you do it? Because the way you do it is, it seems everyone sees it and like, that's fucking a lot of work. And I don't know if anyone's willing to do it. Like, how do you scale that? Yeah. Uh, good training, uh, good systems. Um, all that stuff, uh, showing them examples of it, showing them uh, situations, how this stuff goes down. Because you're right, a lot of people get into this business and they think, oh, this person came to me, they gave me money, they're going to listen to everything I say. And it's like, you, you have another thing coming if you think that's how it goes every time. You really need to figure out people. And that's why I think some of the best coaches in this industry didn't, weren't born from this industry. They were people that got into it after, you know, after knowing other things, like how people tick, um, seeing how people, I don't know, their behaviors, their service. Like that's the stuff that I think the industry is missing. There's no shortage of people that really know fitness and nutrition, but there are a shortage of people that know the psychology and how people think and, you know, how to serve them well and how to give a, a true shit about somebody. You kind of hit on a point that I was thinking about. I know a lot of trainers who are relentlessly reading the next training uh, book or whatever. And funny enough, I just got Brett Contreras' Blue Lab. But <clears throat> outside of a couple of books recently, I really don't read that much technical training stuff anymore. Most of my stuff, my reading is uh, there's business stuff for sure. Recently, I've been reading a lot of sales stuff, uh, marketing are things that trainers absolutely should be trying to absorb. But things about human psychology and things that really relate to behavior change. And usually we kind of do book stuff at the end, but uh, I think there's actually really worthwhile to throw some things out there. A few of the books that I think are the best things for any trainer to read. One is uh, Robert Cialdini's book, Influence. That's really good. And that's going to help both with sales and with getting people to make change in their lives. And let, let's hit on a point that anyone should know. If you're uncomfortable with sales, Sales, all sales is, is just getting someone to do what you want them to do. Sometimes it's about buying something from you, but a lot of the time it, it goes straight to your coaches. If your coaches are terrible salespeople, then that means that they're terrible at getting people to change their behavior to quote, right. sell them on, on doing something like that. So I think that book's a really important one. The other one that jumps to mind really quickly is Switch, which is Chip and Dan Heath. Any of their stuff is great. And that really helps understand kind of the rational versus emotional relationship that people have with decisions. So I don't know if you have some thoughts on that or want to add a few. Yeah. I mean, selling to me, it's, it's really just thinking about what does this person want and do I offer the thing they need? And I mean, think about the business we're in. We offer people a better life. I'm selling you a better life. You don't want that. Are you crazy? You know, like how, how if I can't sell that to you, I'm a shithead. You know, like give, put me in a room. Somebody is like, I'm at my last leg. If I don't change my life or change the way I eat, I'm going to die. They will be on stronger you in 13 seconds. And I'm not going to be a sleazeball salesman, but I'm going to be like, they'll see how, <laughs> dude, they'll see how excited I get. Dude, they see how excited I get. Like someone is like, I was at a dinner party the other day with complete strangers and they're like, Oh, what do you do? And I'm like, Holy shit. I'm about to get fired up over here. And they're like, oh, you can eat the creme brulee. I'm like, yeah. Did you know that if you eat the right amount of this, this, and that, everything's cool? And they're like, what? Like blowing these people's mind. 
So I get super friggin' excited about it. And you sales macros on that, like you have to eat a very small amount or don't eat the rest. Cause I think like it's actually like 800 calories, probably more. Yeah. It's shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Do you not well, you know. a dessert? Is that how you explain it though? Is it, what'd you say? The creme brulee and didn't have your meal. And was like, yeah. no, I had my meal. I just, I just walked like 40,000 steps that day. <laughs> Hashtag neat. I just, that's funny. I just had a client back from uh, one of those like rave festivals. I think she was there for three days and she has a step counter. So I think she did 30 <laughs> to 35,000 steps per day for three days. It was like 100,000 steps added up over three, three and a half days. Yep. Plus some stimulants. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. But that's like. That. This is a client of mine. And in all honesty, I don't think so. I think he just loves the dance. And uh, yeah, like if, if people in those environments are on stimulus, it's a whole different ballgame. But it's, it's funny you bring up meat because I think that's like, I don't say the hot topic, but like it was one of those things where everyone thought it was bullshit, like shut the fuck up, 10,000 steps. But it's something that yeah. we kind of reintroduced back into the equation because it works. Like, how do you sell neat? Because I know that that's been a big hot topic in, in the Facebook. <laughs> Dude, you know how I sell it? You can eat more if you move more. And that's really it. People are yeah. like, well, I need to, I, and like, there are really people that need to eat 1200 calories to lose weight. Yeah. But I say, Hey, it's because you probably sit on your butt. It's not that you're, you're not working out. You are working out, but your workout burns like two or 300 calories, not 800. Like your stupid Fitbit told you. Yeah. Those things are cool. They get, they encourage you to move and all that fun stuff. But if you want to eat more, you need to, or yeah, if you want to eat more, you need to focus on the thing that burns the crap ton of calories which is general movement right now. I'm, I'm freaking moving around because when I travel, like I like to just eat whatever. Yeah. I focus on protein and all that bullshit, but I want to enjoy myself in these cities that I'm in and I can do it because I move around all day long. Well, that goes back to just selling that simple, like the, that's the non-sexy thing. And I think that that's kind of the theme with everything we've been talking about is, and we've talked about every guest. It's like, if you haven't fucking got the point, the, the non-sexy is pretty much the way to get what you want. Right. Walking, walking doesn't suck, but like it does, it does help push things through the system. And if you're not walking, like it's probably a big indicator of why you have to eat 1200 calories. Right. And people are like, well, you know, you say park further away or take the stairs. That's only going to burn like three more calories. And I'm like, yeah, but if you do it all the time, Time. If you are the person that always takes the stairs or always goes for walks when you're on the phone or always gets up to focus on steps, it's going to add up. Well, the converse, think about that. You're breaking the converse sort of thinking where people tend to always take the convenient route, right? Yep. Break that line of thinking where people are just always fucking lazy about stuff. Then, yeah, it adds up over the actions the entirety it, of the day. I call it, the, it's, for me, it's the back door mechanic to get all the other stuff because if you can explain fully why neat fucking works and why their workout doesn't work the same way neat does then their mind's fucking blown because when it works they're bought in because like it seems like the the one thing that's stupid and i almost and you, i'm like this is a this is gonna sound really weird and stupid but and then you got them once it works because it always works people need to trust it right and, and i do that by i'm like okay we could burn calories four ways, just by living, by moving, by exercising, and the thermic effect of food. Guess what the second biggest thing is? General movement. Neat. 
do that move it, in, you know, encourage your body to burn more calories by doing more general movement. And you are going to be in a much better place. This brought up a point about, and this kind of seems to be, this isn't just in the group, the Facebook group for sure. You, this is kind of like pops up on the internet all the time. It's like my fitness pal turned back on my calories burn. And it's fucking, it's wrong. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Which is fine. But like that leads me to a, the bigger question is how are you attacking emerging technology? Because as the company grows, you probably want to rely less on some of that stuff. If that makes sense, like how are you how are you ad- adapting or evolving with the changing technologies? It just has to has to stay top of mind for us. So we have to actively learn about it, use it, and be exposed to it. So like these, you know, if someone's like, uh, "Hey, I have a question about my fitness pal," and I'm like, "I don't know," like that's I'm a bad business person because I'm not aware of what I'm having our people use. Or if somebody says, "I mean, you see the Peloton stuff now." It's huge. There's a Peloton in my basement. Yeah, it was Krista's birthday present one year, but I am trying to learn the shit out of this thing because I know a lot of people are going to have questions about it. And they have some pretty damn cool technology that maybe one day I want to steal some ideas from them. Um, so yeah, you got you to gotta use the shit you're having people mess with. That includes these, these calorie trackers, uh, some of the equipment, some of the workouts, all that stuff. No, I know you probably don't want, I know this is the second biggest question. It's like, how do you work for a stronger you? And like, when are you making your own app? So our, our app is actually being worked on as we speak. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, man. Technology is a pain in the ass and it's extremely involved. We've had a few teams try to tackle this thing. We had to let one of them go because we didn't get what we wanted uh, in near the time and money we spent for it. So we have a new team. They did about eight months of research, digging into all kinds of other products and services, uh, surveying our staff, surveying our members. So it is being built right now. Uh, and you will be at our summit in November. And you will see three of the guys from the team called Volume 8 who are going to present a working model of the app. It is just not ready for release yet. Uh, I want to make sure it's damn near not damn near perfect because that'll never happen because i'm a lunatic and i want things to be really cool but um this thing is going to be out relatively soon it is going to make the lives of people much better it's going to make us and our coaches uh, more efficient Uh, it's going to give us data that i don't think anyone in this industry will have access to so that is uh that's super cool man and it wasn't because i personally want to know because it makes my life easier it was more I just like getting you on a podcast. So I can ask you all the real shit. <laughs> so, but dude, it's funny because people think like they say, why don't you build an app? When you see from the ground up what it takes to build an app, you understand why you can't just build an app. The, the time, the cost, it's, it's insane. Well, and that's why I wanted to go there because I think this has kind of been business centric. And I think a lot of online trainers or just trainers in general are moving more to app based stuff. And it yeah. seems really easy just to make your own app. But as you've seen from your business model, a lot of it's easier just to rely on others. When was that idea that yeah. you switched? Because before it was like you you were basically partnered with MyFitnessPal. I know they didn't that you're not actually partnered, but it's the same fucking thing. When was that change and when did you realize you need to make that change and why did you decide to do it? I mean, it was very, very early on. Uh, I knew that technology could help us serve better. 
Uh, I'm not a fan of like technology that automates because I don't think this food problem is solved by automation. I think it's solved through relationships and accountability and support. Uh, so I want our technology to uh, help our coaches support our members and to have the member have a better experience. So I'm always trying to think of ways that we can improve that. And the app is kind of that middle ground that can connect or, or yeah, can connect the two. So uh, probably 2016, I've been trying to figure this thing out. And we had, you know, we had some decent success along the way with some people, but then the things couldn't support our growth. But I want to like tell everybody, you don't need these things to succeed. We've had over 30,000 members and we're using spreadsheets. Like, yeah, it'd be cool, but it might just be a shiny new ball that's convenient for everybody. I don't think it's a game changer. Uh, It might be. Um, you know, the, I think the biggest thing with it is the, the data analytics this thing can provide. But if we grew this much and we have these like service numbers and satisfaction scores with spreadsheets, does a, a coach that have two, three clients need an app? No. Well, that's why I'm going to be wondering, like, and this is just like a personal conversation, but it's, it's more like a lot of the coaches that are in the system now, I'm going to say grew up doing things the hard way because like you're using yep. You're using emails and all this stuff. How do you circumvent the same problems we're talking about with making things too easy and then thus the process isn't as good? Like, what are your ideas behind integrating this without losing the integrity of what you built through doing stuff the slower way, if that makes sense? I mean, I, I, I that's a hard question to answer. I just got to I'm like, fuck my. <laughs> Dude, I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm not going to bullshit you. Um, I don't know, man. I don't think it really matters. Like we're going to, we're going to have like the OGs that are like, remember when we had the spreadsheets and then we're going to have the new coaches like, yeah, no shit. We do it this way. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's like all the things that we did and how we learned created this new app. Like that's through surveying members and, and coaches. We're like, what do you want? How would this make your life easier? How can this make your, you a better coach? All right, app dudes, let's do this thing. Well, I think that it, this is my personal thought on it, and it's, it's a good one. I'm not going to throw it in the bus. Is that you had the team in place to, to fill the information that – let's just say you, you, you filled in the pieces that need to be filled in terms of the app with information from coaches that were good. So that's oh, yeah, the yeah. is built on something that's not from easy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You it's- basically made the app – their bitch. <laughs> yes. So when uh, when Volumate was interviewing our coaches about it, they were they were very clear on this app. As silly as it sounds, is more for the coaches than anyone because this is going to make them better at their job, more efficient, happier at work. What does that do for all the members? They get a better product, better service. So that's that's like what's super cool about it. I think it's like everyone thinks about just the users, just the customers, but not enough people think about the the staff that's using this technology. And that's, man, like to have them help build it and tell tell volume eight through various interviews, like what they need, like their wish list. Yes, yeah, some of it won't happen for, you know, later versions, but this thing is going to make them show up to work every day, which just means open a laptop anywhere they want. And do their job pretty damn well. That's pretty sweet. I think we yeah. can 
pivot off of that because there's just a ton of really good stuff in here too. So uh, back to asking you about anything. Have you read anything recently or anything in, in general that maybe seeped into some of the stuff that you know, are your greater philosophies, why you've been successful, any good books that have influenced you? Oh God, what did I just read? Oh, um, start with why Simon Sinek. It's probably, it's a little old now, but man, that's, that's where everything I think of kind of comes from. It's like, why are we doing this? Even like the decisions our, our, our clients make, like, why did you do this? Why didn't you plan? Why did you choose this over that? Uh, from business, why did we hire this person? Why didn't we hire that person? Why do we need to focus our attention on this thing? And then go a little deeper. And that's why there was a section in that where I was like, this is where I was like super excited um, about like Alessi and I's relationship because like I'm like the why guy. He's kind of like the how and what guy. I'll be like, dude, we need to do this and here's why. And he's like, okay, cool. Here's how we're going to do it. So it's not just like two fit pro buddies that were like, let's team up and have a great time. It's like perfect yin yang situation. And now with Kale, our chief experience officer, I think he's like, he's like right in the middle. So maybe me and Alessi aren't even relevant anymore. I don't know. But <laughs> Kale is awesome at all that stuff. And it's like, shit, man. Like I know why we need to do these things, but I'm not always sure how or what I need to do it. And that's where these other guys come in. And really, I mean, everyone on the team is just perfect little fit. I love it. You basically built the team that you like. Like, that's pretty cool. Dude, I mean, it's it's the team that I liked and the team that I needed yeah. because I don't know everything. I, I, dude, I wake up in my friggin' bed. I have these ideas and I write them in my friggin' notebook or my phone. I run downstairs and I'm like, okay, I got the ideas. Now, what the hell do we need to do? And that's where you have to find people that compliment you very well. I know this is like, it kind of ends up us just talking about some of our coaches, but like we have some coaches where like, they make me feel stupid, like Jeb and Jeb's like, you make me feel stupid. I'm like, no man, you make me feel stupid. And like, that's a kind of good place to be at where like, it's not yep. the status quo. If that makes and, sense. Jeb and I had this conversation. We were on the phone for an hour the other day. I was just walking down the street talking to him and we're like, we all kind of have our things. <clears throat> like he's very, he's very big into like the psychology and behavior. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome stuff. And, and I like the food strategy. Like why are people doing what they're doing? How can they set themselves up for success? Like I'm not the, uh, you know, biochemistry nerd regarding nutrition. I know the hows and the whys, maybe not as detailed as some people in the industry, but I bet you, I, you know, put me in a room with someone that has a food, a real food problem and I'll figure out 10 strategies for them to get over it. And that's like, to me, the fun shit because I can play detective with their whole situation. All right. Let's uh, help Mike get a few more people towards 10,000 on Instagram. So. Yeah. We, we ripped off an hour, man. So yeah. like, realize like, this is why we brought Mike on. Cause like, oh, I know Mike pretty well. Andrew knows Mike pretty well. And I knew that we would get a lot of good information and this one ended up being more business centric. But I think that that's important because what you're, the model that you're doing, I think, needs to be out there. And I think that that message is something that isn't said enough. So this is our way of yeah. the world. I'll reinforce that one one more step. If you can't tell from this conversation that Mike has a good handle on how you can be better at your business, um, then I don't know. Maybe you were scratching your balls the entire time. <laughs> oh God. But, uh, Mike, go go follow it because a lot of the stuff he's putting out there, especially if you're part of the, the PN nutrition group or uh, 
the PGDC. The, the PGDC stuff, the Online Trainer Academy. Like, go in there. Mike posts something, read it. Like, or just go follow his shit. And you're going to learn a lot from this. So, what, where, what's your Instagram, uh, your Facebook stuff? Uh, my Facebook is just Mike Dola. Um, I, I teeter on the 5,000 mark, so I can't always add people. Uh, but usually I'll post something and some people will delete me. Not really sure why, uh, but that's cool. Uh, so Instagram is at mdola. That's M-D-O-E-H-L-A. I have a weird German last name. Um, so yeah, that's how you could find me. I post a lot. And, and this is like going to be a, a last second joke is that you'll see, you'll put Mike and you'll put Lyle McDonald side by side and they look very similar on the Facebook. Don't add Lyle. Add <laughs> dude, <laughs> you know what? So I, I, I lost that. Po- I saw, dude, was that you that created that collage? No, Jeff did. Oh, Jesus. Because my beard is getting gray as I uh, build this business. I don't know if it's stress or not. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Well, Lyle is such a jerk to me, man. He's so, he's so mean to me. I don't, I don't do anything about Lyle. <laughs> I don't on social media. I've never met him. We don't comment on these other things. Normally, he's like going after everybody. He seems to not even give two shits who I am or what I do. So I'm yeah. perfectly happy with that because I want nothing to do with arguing with that dude. Nothing. To yeah, do. he takes things too serious. All right, uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in again. So we should have some really great guests coming up next little bit. I'm trying to schedule a couple people. We've got Sophie Lee secured. We've got Cameron secured. And we're going to reschedule our guest who we were supposed to have today. And so hopefully that works out pretty well. Mike, thanks, brother, for coming on last minute and saving our asses. And uh, tune in next week for more. Yeah. Dude, thank you guys so much. Always a good time. Shut up and sit down.